0: Five hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss, getting rid of old clothes.
1: Oh, my old bell bottoms.
0: Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of
2: NASCAR.
3: Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's
2: have some
4: fun. 400 vibes. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10-4. We'll make it happen.
5: We know what we got to do. The
2: Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
3: Here comes RCR. Of course, the car driven by Ryan Newman.
2: Phoenix is unique because both ends of the racetrack are so
6: different. And every racetrack has its own differences, but I think Phoenix is the outlier. Brian
3: Blaney diving down.
6: That's a place where we've run okay, but it's another one where we need to get better at. And, you know, it's a playoff race, so hopefully we can, uh, you know, learn some stuff from there.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
5: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you yet again for another weekly get together. We've got lots to discuss over the next 60 minutes. We're going to get you dialed in, get you ready for racing at ISM Raceway. Coming up this weekend in Phoenix, it's a double dip with the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Speaking of the Xfinity Series, Elliott Sadler off to a strong start this year. Second, fifth, and fifth in the first three races. He's tied for first in the standings, and he'll join us to talk about that as well as preview. This Saturday's DC Solar 200 on Saturday. We'll look back at the last time we were at Phoenix with the NASCAR Live Backtracks. Of course, that was the penultimate weekend of 2017. Also, we're going to go face to face with NHRA Top Fuel Champion Antron Brown who is at Las Vegas Motor Speedway over the weekend. Kevin Harvick won his 100th NASCAR top three series race over the weekend we'll look back at those 100 races and the milestones of his amazing career plus we'll preview this week's MRN presents the 1993 season 25 years later Kim Kuhn will have a social media minute MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistone will be along to talk about the latest stories and We've got this week in NASCAR history and much, much more. To get us going this week, let's check in with the NASCAR Today's Woody Kane, who joins us with the latest in NASCAR news. Woody?
7: Well, Mike, it seems like the manufacturer debate has been revived with Kevin Harvick and Ford off to a strong start in the first three races. Toyota is entering its second year with a new Camry, and Kyle Busch says even though his make won the 2017 title, NASCAR's new optical scanning stations have helped level the playing field through the inspection process.
8: That's definitely brought people closer together. I think the splitter rules obviously brought people closer together. There were some guys that were really, really aggressive with that stuff, and they're really good, and uh, there were guys that that weren't so aggressive with it that maybe kind of showed a little bit slower speed, but they were fast the way they were last year, and that's translated into fast than some of the guys that had that taken away this year.
7: Chevrolet is debuting the new Camaro at the cup level this season, and so far, Richard Childress Racing seems to be faring well while Hendrick Motorsports is playing catch-up. Kyle Larson says he's glad Chip Ganassi Racing seems to have come out of the gate a little stronger
9: than their running mates. I don't know. Whatever we do different you know, helps us out. You know, all, we, all we really get from Hendrick is their engines, so you know, they could be doing stuff way different than us. And At this point in the season, I feel like we're... We're probably actually a little bit better than we were you know, last year. We'll have
7: more on this a little later in the show, but so far Fords are 1-2-3 in the standings with two Toyotas next in line and Larson sixth overall. Mike?
5: Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we'll look back at the last time we were at Phoenix Raceway, now ISM Raceway, with a NASCAR Live backtracks, and we'll walk you through
10: Kevin Harvick's amazing career. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy.
0: Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12,
10: 15, whatever.
0: It was just oranges. You get me?
10: We get you, Chuck. In a word oranges
2: give it to us straight with the progressive name your price tool progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law the country 500 music festival is
3: back at daytona international speedway sugarland billy currington and so much more country 500 memorial day weekend may 25th 26th and 27th for tickets and information visit country500.com
5: sponsored in part by budweiser we've got a nascar live backtracks coming up next this is nascar live on the motor racing network the voice of nascar this is nascar live now back to mike bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are headed off to Phoenix, Arizona, and ISM Raceway this weekend. Race two of NASCAR goes west. The last time we were at ISM Raceway, it was Matt Kenseth going to Gatorade Victory Lane, taking the checkered flag. Here's how it sounded with well, a NASCAR Live backtracks.
2: All right, here we go. For five drivers, the opportunity to fill the final spot and a shot at the championship and up front for the start. Two of those five drivers, Ryan Blaney. All right, man, great job qualifying. Got us this awesome pit stall down here. Everybody stepping up at the right
4: time. Ooh, one more day. You yeah, know where we want to get here. For sure, everybody. Appreciate
3: uh everything, as always. Let's see what we got today. Poor man, have fun. Here we go. On the break, Ryan Blaney. He chose the outside land. It's paying off in turn one. Jimmy Johnson had the low Chevrolet in. Uh, car is a little bit tight in the middle. Late rolling, kind of centered to late rolling to early part throttles. it's tight. I'm hearing that from just about everybody, and all these other guys have moved up the track. Why, why haven't you moved up any? I moved up and slowed down two times, so I came back down. Every time I've heard fastest lap, best lap has been run in the apron.
2: Pepper, well, we got, got to get to work here. Danny Hamlin is shown as the race leader. Winston Kelly, where'd Kyle Larson go?
4: Well, right now, it looks like he's going to go into the garage area. He came down pit road. They went up underneath the hood. Were crew reporting that he thinks he's losing the motor on that machine. You
3: can hear it pretty bad. Uh, just take it to the garage, but go out and roll around. Take it to the garage. No Hold trouble again. at turn number three. Jimmy Johnson in the outside wall. Tire may have gone down on the right side. Johnson scraping the wall in the low Chevrolet. We're in the fence, fellas. Oh, blew a
0: tire. 10-4. Hold on there. I got a bunch sub coming. Is it John? Oh yeah. 10-4. Take the garage.
2: Denny Hamlin will come across the line. He will score the win of stage number two. All right, bud. Got 19 points today so far. Uh, that puts you tied straight up with the two cars. So i down
6: down
3: to. Uh, Beating those guys straight up, obviously for the win or wherever we may be at the time. Not playing planning on winning. Yeah, 10-4. Here's Denny Hamlin. He'll come to the mark. The pit box is wide open. He's got an entry. Egg. That's clear. He's got an exit. That'll be clear as well. Oh, he killed the engine. Denny Hamlin stalled the motor. He's going to lose the lead. I don't know what to do.
8: Nate dropped the jack. I still hear the gun.
3: Yeah, he missed the first one. Got four tight there. Oh, trouble in turn number three. Chris Buescher hard into the outside wall. Heavy right side, left side damage to that driver. Chris Buescher now coming down the banking. Everybody to the bottom side to avoid contact. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. There's no damn brakes. Done. Trouble for Hamlet. The tire's gone down. He's in the outside wall in turn number three.
4: Hang on to it. Hang on to it. We lost the right front or something, guys. You're okay, you okay, Danny? Keep it up there. Keep it up there. You okay? You can hear me NASCAR's yelling about keeping you below the yellow line. You need to stop back here on the back wheel. He's out. Hold on,
1: Denny Hamlin, first off, Denny, from your seat, describe what happened.
8: Uh, we, we got ran into the fence by the 24, but we were running up front all day. We had a bad pit stop, and then uh, we didn't really make any adjustments, and we, our car got really tight. Uh, we were just battling all we could to keep our track position we weren't and we allowed our competition to get close to us. Matt Kenseth becomes the
3: spoiler today in the Arizona desert, he will win the Can-Am 500. Hey buddy, get that checkered flag, welcome back champ. There you go. Yeah baby, Woo! Thanks guys, you guys are gonna see
0: the biggest drive baby you've ever seen. Thanks guys,
7: I appreciate it. Great job guys. Man, that
3: was so freaking awesome fish. I mean that's just storybook, classic baby, classic.
5: That's a NASCAR Live Backtracks from ISM Raceway last November. This weekend, we're back at ISM Raceway. for the second stop on the West Coast Swing, and everybody's going to be watching Kevin Harvick. He's the hottest driver on the circuit. He's going for his third win in a row. Got his 100th this past weekend in Vegas. So this week, we decided to look at those 100 wins and the milestones over Kevin's amazing career. For that... Here's MRN's Steve Post. This
11: past weekend, Kevin Harvick won his 100th race among NASCAR's top three divisions, a winning tradition that dates back to July 29, 2000 in the NASCAR Xfinity Series.
3: Final corner for Kevin Harvick. Here he comes down the front straightaway,
8: fans on their feet, and the checkered flag is in the air. Win number one for Kevin Harvick. He scores the victory at Gateway. Man, this is great. We're just happy to be here with AC Delco and Snap-On and Goodwrench and... Everybody involved in this program, uh, Richard Childers, for just giving us all a great opportunity, and this is great.
11: His first Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series win and fourth overall victory came in 2001 at Atlanta Motor Speedway.
8: 2001 was was very confusing. Um, you know, it was my first win, and don't feel like I remember really anything about it uh, because it was just such a really confusing time in in my life, and and um, you know just on the racetrack and, and with Dale gone and put, getting in his car and um, not not with my team that, that I had built over the last, uh, you know, couple of years at, at RCR. And then I raced so much in 2001 that you didn't really, you know, see the repercussions of, of everything that had happened until 2002.
11: His 40th win
8: was the biggest of his career as he
11: took the checkers for the 2007 Daytona 500.
3: Kyle Busch spins, Matt Kenseth spins, but here comes the race to the Daytona 500 victory at the stripe. Kevin Harvick gets it by inches, comes out of nowhere and Kevin Harvick is the 2007 Daytona
11: 500 winner. Win number 50 was in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at ISM Raceway in Phoenix.
3: Service master- Clean caution comes out, but we've seen the white flag already, so it's official. Kevin Harvick will win tonight. The Lucas Oil 150.
11: His 2014 NASCAR Cup Series championship came at Homestead Miami Speedway in his 86th win.
3: Kevin Harvick has a five-car lead. Ladies off turn four, headed to the line. He sees the checkered flag waving. He's the winner of the Ford EcoBoost 400, and he is your 2014 NASCAR Spread Cup Series champ.
11: And just last week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Kevin Harvick won his 100th race in the Pennzoil 400.
8: It's been, um, you know, it's it's been a lot of years uh, accumulated uh, with a lot of great race teams and, and people and situations. And, you know, you've won some that you should, you've won some that you shouldn't. And, you know, I think when you tag that, that uh, triple-digit number to it, it really lets you realize um, that you've been fortunate to accomplish a lot of things and, and do things um, consistently throughout the years. So it's been fun. Um, you know, I think for, for me, the last five years have, have really uh, been the part that, that have been the most fun for me just because of the fact that, you know, I've been able to, um, you know, come into Stuart Haas Racing and, and Gene and Tony, Uh, you know took a chance and said okay we're going to do this a long time in advance and Rodney was uh, convinced to come over here and and, and be a part of this deal so you know I think when you when you look at that it's it's a little bit different when you when you look at something that has been built from the ground up um, not only from the race cars and the transporters but with the people and and for me um, at this particular point it's it's more fun it's as fun I love to win don't get me wrong. Uh, I love to win and, and love to you know be a part of, of that whole equation that, that comes with all these guys and, and it's it starts with the ownership group and pulling into Victory Lane and, and seeing how excited uh, all those guys are that, that do everything on the race cars that I'm fortunate just to sit in. Um, you know, I think is one of the things that that is the most exciting for me.
11: This weekend, Kevin Harvick returns to ISM Raceway where he's won eight times in his cup career.
3: Carl Edwards to the inside. He has the advantage, but Harvick draws even again. They touch again at the start-finish line. Kevin Harvick scores the win again. His eighth victory at Phoenix International Raceway. What a finish.
11: Win number 101 is a distinct possibility this weekend in the Valley of the Sun.
5: Thank you, Posty. We'll see you this Sunday. MRN will have coverage of the Ticket Guardian 500 beginning at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up on NASCAR Live, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Elliot Sadler will join us. And later, we go face-to-face with NHRA top fuel champion Antron Brown.
0: The new NASCAR season at the new ISM Raceway in Phoenix. Think it'll be loud? Nope, louder. Think it'll be wild? Nope, wilder. You think you've seen it all? We're just getting started. Join the NASCAR Nation in Phoenix for the Ticket Guardian 500 Race Weekend, March 9th, 10th, and 11th. Find tickets from $30 now at ismraceway.com.
5: NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Elliot Sadler joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live.
2: Here they come, up the back straightaway for the final time for Elliot Sadler in the one main financial Chevrolet. Looking to hang on to the top spot. Keselowski, one calling back as is Ricky Stenhouse, but it's Sadler off turn four.
3: 36-year-old Elliott Sadler from Emporia, Virginia, is going to score today here at Phoenix International Raceway. Now,
2: back to Mike Bagley.
5: That is how it sounded five years ago at ISM Raceway. Elliot Sadler taking the checkered flag and taking a trip to Gatorade Victory Lane. We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. We're looking forward to the DC Solar 200 Saturday for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Earlier today, Woody Kane had a chance to talk with Elliot Sadler about his strong start to the 2018 season and to preview this weekend's race at ISM Raceway in Phoenix.
4: Well, I, you know, I kind of hoped to expected that we're coming off actually two really strong years in a row and I know how hard my guys have worked over the offseason to make sure that when we got to Daytona, we could put our best foot forward and, and get off to a strong start. And uh, proud of Kevin and the guys, you know, we have a new car this year in the Xfinity Series with the new body, new Tempest, new Hawkeye, and a lot of different things going on. So for us to start off the way we have, and you know, the nine cars been really good, and, and so has Justin, and we all have uh, been up near the front. Uh, Makes me feel really good. Where we're at as a team right now, of course, we got some stuff we still need to learn, but all in all, a great start for us. First time I've ever started off any season with three top fives, and we want to try to build on that going to Phoenix.
7: Speaking of the organization, you mentioned your teammates. I, I, I read a stat that really jumped off the page at me. Junior Motorsports has led the Xfinity Series standings after the past 35 races. Dude, that's a huge number. I mean, you've been with a lot of good organizations, but what's different about Junior Motorsports than some of the other good places? you've been
4: well I just think we got a lot of depth on our team we definitely get some help from um, Hendrick Motorsports we got great uh, engines from from the Hendrick Motor Department Um, I feel like our crew chiefs work together very very well I think they work really hard we do work a lot of long hours we don't feel like anybody's giving us anything on a silver platter we feel like we're earning it Um, that's a pretty cool stat Um, also I think another stat somebody read to me that I think 75% of the races that I have driven for junior motorsports, we have been leading the points. Wow. 75%. So that's a pretty cool stat. And I wish I could sit here, Woody, and tell you that's all me. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's uh, It it comes back to the guys and the team because you've got to have fast race cars. And I know that's what us drivers say all the time. we got to thank the guys in the shop and thank our team. But at the end of the day, we know as the pilots of these things, that uh, if our cars are fast, we're going to get ourselves some good finishes, and that you know, that's where we're at right now.
7: Speaking of pilots, we mentioned Cessna, and I saw, did, did I read correctly that you have a plane and have had one for quite some time?
4: I have. I've had a Cessna Citation three for over, uh, let's see, uh, 11 years. Mm. So uh, I've been a, a customer there, so it's neat here years later to, to have those guys on our car. I mean, we still... Uh, use them for all of our maintenance and they've been good to me and they make my plane safe for me and my wife and my kids to fly on which is great at the end of the day so it's it, it's neat that to have such a long relationship with a company uh, not only be the customer but they also a spokesperson for them so it says uh, some of this stuff sometimes looks like it happens for a reason so very blessed to have them on board with us for uh uh, right, right. Many races this year, actually.
7: Yeah, it's cool when things work out that way. Somebody you already have a, an established right. relationship with. You mentioned the wife and kids on this Western swing. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. But are you a guy who stays out or travels back and forth since you have the, the young ones at the house?
4: I, I travel back and forth. We got so much going on at our house right now uh, with school and ball. You know, baseball is getting ready to start, and my son plays. Uh, 10U and 9U travel ball and 8U coach pitch. And my (laughs) daughter's going to play 8U travel ball as well. So we're really busy at the ballpark uh, many a night during the week. So I need to be home to be a part of that. And, and, uh, of course, I love being a part of my my kids' lives and, and what they're doing uh, sports wise. So uh, I make the travel back and forth. It's a little bit of jet lag, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely worth it to spend time with
7: them. Yeah, absolutely. You, you sure can't get those years back. It sounds like they're busier than you right now, man. I and mean, that's uh that's tough to say.
4: Yeah. I go to the racetrack to get a break.
7: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, I we're, read something,
4: busy. Yeah.
7: I read something the other day that said you, and, and I knew you were involved in other sports, particularly basketball, but I didn't realize that you played six sports in high school.
4: I sure did. I played six uh sports in high school. I played football, basketball, baseball, cross uh cross country, golf, and soccer. Wow. So I played a lot of sports and and that's just what I believed in growing up. And my dad was a coach. Uh my brother of course coached uh coaches as well and of course that's what I do on the side now too, but we just always grew up and played a lot of sports. That was I think to keep me out of trouble, but I just mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that uh competitive environment and was very fortunate enough to to be uh, out, you know pretty good in baseball and basketball and had my choice to play uh either one of those sports in college which was which was fun. Um so I I enjoy and I, I coach right many different sports now as it is. So it it's fun. It's it's something when I get older and when I grow up and, and retire, that's something I want to do is, is, is coach a few different sports at our local high school and, and kind of go from there.
7: Well, that sounds like a, a good way to, to spend the post-racing years for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about, about Phoenix coming up. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, junior motorsports has been very strong there. Your organization swept both races a year ago. You had a, a top five in this race a year ago. But uh, the thing that always gets me is everybody describes Phoenix as a short track, but it's over a mile, so help me understand that.
4: Well, I think the reason people describe it as a short track is so flat, and most short tracks have the characteristic of a lot of brakes a lot of throttle off the corner, but a lot of brakes on entry to the corner. And no matter how long or big the track is, when even though it's over a mile, it's so flat the corners are, you use a lot of brakes, especially in the turn one, it's a very sharp corner. Uh, So it has a lot of short track uh, tendencies uh, that that, that we're going to have to fight through the whole weekend. And, yes, uh, my organization was very good there last year with Justin Winning and William. We were very good there in the spring, not so good there in the fall. So we got a little work to do to make sure we're good there again. But a pretty tricky track now with the way the back stretch is made. It can kind of get you in trouble coming across the apron. uh, But it also puts on for some great racing as well.
7: A lot of changes coming up at Phoenix, which is now ISM Raceway, uh, particularly on the fan amenity side with the canyons, the entranceway there, and a lot of uh, Wi-Fi expanded in a fan zone area. But the thing I wanted to ask you about won't actually happen until November. How insane is it going to be when they flip-flop where the start-finish line is and put it coming off what is now turn two?
4: I have a feeling we're going to see three wide, four wide going into turn three because we're not quite going to be up to speed. So I think you're going to see guys cutting the dog leg, getting pushes. And I think you're going to see more cars on the apron in the turn three and on restarts. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be wild, man. But look, I think that's at the end of the day, you want to make your racetrack as appealing as you can to your fans. And I think uh, the changing that they're making is going to do that. And I hopefully fans are like it.
7: Before we let you go, I wanted to hit one more thing. I saw where you and uh, and Hermie were involved in a charity basketball event, uh, a cancer awareness event, and I know that's near and dear to your heart. How can folks uh, get involved with what you're doing there and help out?
4: Well, we always do any kind of charity stuff, and you can always go on the Hermie and Elliot Sattler org, and we always try to bring awareness, especially to breast cancer And uh, also to autism awareness. This was a deal for VCU. Everybody in the Virginia area has heard of VCU. It's a trauma hospital that does so many great things for our area. And they have a Massey Cancer Center for Cancer Research. And it was us and a lot of politicians that played basketball that night. So we put a lot of differences aside and uh, raised a bunch of money for uh, common good that night. And nobody got hurt or injured. So in all in all, it was a great night, but uh, also uh, we raised a pile of money for cancer research, which was great.
7: Fantastic, man. Listen, Elliot, uh, congratulations on a strong start. We appreciate your time, and good luck out out west as you finish that western swing. Sounds good, Woody. Thank you.
5: That's Elliot Sattler and our Woody Kane earlier today. Coming up on NASCAR Live... We're going face-to-face with NHRA Top Fuel champion Antron Brown and later, senior MRN.com writer Pete Pistoni will join us to break down all the latest in news. Ladies and gentlemen, a new NASCAR Fantasy Live is back for a new season and new victories.
0: Start your engine! Newly engineered with a new format, new ways to win, new
2: ways to compete, and new ways to earn yourself the title of nascar fantasy champion visit nascar.com slash fantasy today to sign up pick your drivers and compete for the win so who you ride them with nascar fantasy live On the racetrack, you can only go as far as your engine can take you. It's the same on the highway. Making a run with a Detroit engine under the hood gives you the industry-leading fuel economy, reliability, and durability your business needs. The Detroit DD-13, DD-15, and DD-16 engine solutions are specifically engineered to make a run as profitable as possible. Don't just want better business solutions, demand them. Learn more at DemandDetroit.com.
5: We have a ton of on-track activity for you coming up this weekend at ISM Raceway. Our coverage begins Friday. We'll have Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series practice for the Ticket Guardian 500 at MRN.com. That begins at 1230 Eastern. Later in the afternoon, early evening hours, it'll be pole qualifying at 5 Eastern. Then Saturday, we'll have three broadcasts for you. Two practice sessions for the Cup Series at noon and 2.30 Eastern times, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series DC Solar 200. That will come your way at 3.30 in the east. And then, of course, on Sunday, it'll be race number four for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, the Ticket Guardian 500. Our coverage begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. We go face-to-face with NHRA champion Antron Brown next. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for spending time with us on this week's NASCAR Live. Over the weekend in Las Vegas, three-time NHRA top fuel champion Antron Brown was the pace car driver for the Pennzoil 400. MRN's Kyle Rickey caught up with him to talk about the experience.
9: It was nice, you know. I mean, it, it's a great experience just to get this opportunity, and it's just an honor. I mean, because I've always been a huge fan of NASCAR. I know a lot of I know a lot of guys out there. You know what I mean? From from like uh, Clint Boyer to to uh, Ryan Newman. I mean, to a whole bunch of different drivers. Man, go down the list like Casey Kane. All of them, man, and they're good friends. Like Bubba Wallace and then like my boys at home from home front martin truex the champ we're both jersey boys we both like rc boats we go way way back uh to kyle bush denley hamlin kurt bush comes out to drag races numerous times and he dabbled out there so there there's a lot of family like i mean just because they race in circles don't mean they're our brothers or sisters in drag racing you know what i mean like we're all racers at the end of the day and to come out here on their stage out here at, at you know basically come to the pzl the Penzo 400 and take a Toyota Camry around for a pace car. You know, the bad part is I've never been on a racetrack and I've used cruise control. Come on, man, you know what I mean? That's what I tell them. I'm doing cruise control at 45 miles an hour, and nobody realized how important a job that is because I set their pace where they clock off my car with their engine RPM on their tack, so because that's their pit, that's their pit speed. So if I do it at 44, I make them slow. If I do it at 46, I get them a penalty. So what I'll do is I'll go out there and track them down, and they'll get their pace off me, clone in, see what their attack is, lock their attack in off of me. They come in pit pit road, they hit that, and that's how they got their pit speed. They do it off the pace car. So the pace car is kind of important, man, and, and they keep them in the middle of the track and keep them in the groove where they belong so they can actually heat their tires up and fill the cars while they're doing their deal and doing their little, I call it a little swiggle. So... Uh, but it, it's, it's pretty cool just to be out there and be a part of it. No pressure. Oh, ain't no pressure. Oh, That ain't no pressure at all. I ain't going fast, it's going slow. The, the pressure is getting the right speed and going slow. So, so it, it's pretty cool, it's pretty awesome. So uh, I'm gonna enjoy it and uh, to be out here for a chance where I ain't gotta do the entertaining. I ain't gotta race. I'm gonna come out here, do the pace car, and come back and watch them do their craft.
8: Two weeks into your craft, uh... Made it to the final four in Pomona and fell short in the second round last week in Phoenix. Uh, how would you kind of summarize your season so far? Granted, it's still early and we're only two weeks in.
9: Yeah, well, you know, we, we have our bumps and bruises. I mean, I look at Pomona, that could have been an easy race that we could have won. And uh, and uh, we had a short turnaround time there. And, and we didn't get to change all things we wanted to change on the car. By hindsight, we gave a good race against our teammate, Tony. Lost to him by 10 foul. And then he broke a rear end in the final where he could have won the race against Dougie. And then the last race, I mean, we, we went through some bumps and bruises. We qualified. Good. We won to qualify better him But we did. But the track threw us for a curveball and we we're just off on our tune up where we we're just overpowering the racetrack. And 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 uh Mark and Brad, our two crew chiefs, came back at the end of the day, we started looking at it over since we tested on Monday and found out that we were just way over tuned. We backed the car down, we made three incredible runs on Monday that could have did anything and won won every round of eliminations on on Sunday. So with that being said, we have a great game plan going to Gainesville and we're just going to take off for there. And and I know once our Macko Tools, U.S. Army Toyota team, once we get get into our realm and our element and and get into our zone, we're going to be a tough team to beat. And and I can see it and I, I think that we're going to win a lot of races this year for sure. I know we're gonna win a lot of races this year and we're gonna compete highly for that championship.
8: First two weeks of the season, a lot of ET records, a lot of speed records. I mean, we're seeing 333, 335, 336, all I think in one qualifying session yeah. last week. Where's the ceiling for you guys? I mean, are we closing in on 340? Obviously we are, and, and 350 in a couple of years. I mean, is there a ceiling that you know we should look at here down the road?
9: Well, the funniest part is, is that when you look at our sport and I can see it, is that NHRA, like, you know, we have tire issues because we have so much, creating so much downforce. So the, the cool part is the way you get rid of the tire issues, you, you take off, you take off the downforce by lighting the wings up that you can go negative on the top wing and you can take the elements out of the wing. And when you're doing that, you're balancing the car off because you're lighting the front end up, you're lighting the back end up. So you don't tear up or chunk the tires in the back. But what it's doing is, we still have traction, and we're going faster. We're not making more power doing nothing else. We're just doing stuff to stop our t- to make our tires look better. Tires looking better, and we're going faster. It's like a, it's like it's like it's a double-edged sword where NHRA wants to slow us down, but but we want to make the car safer, so we're making it safer on the tires, and we're just going faster. So. With that being said, it's like, I don't know what the ceiling is going to be, but I I guarantee you that you'll see somebody eclipse. It'll it'll get close to 338 this year, 339. But with the rev limiters, honestly, I don't see how we can go much faster, but we always say you can't go faster. You find a way to go faster. So it's definitely out there.
5: That's three-time NHRA top fuel champion Antron Brown. And if you enjoy the drag racing scene, you might want to check out MRN.com. Thursdays at noon, you've got The Straight Line. It's hosted by Doug Herbert and Marty Huff. Again, Thursdays at noon at MRN.com. Speaking of MRN.com, senior writer Pete Pistone joins us next to break down the latest news and things to look forward to this week and later. We'll preview the latest podcast series called the 1993 season 25 years later.
1: Learn more by visiting RacingElectronics.com.
5: MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistone joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
5: We welcome you back to NASCAR Live. We continue on this week's Get Together with senior writer for MRN.com, Pete Pistone. Petey, welcome back to NASCAR Live.
6: Always a good time, Mike. Nice to be here.
5: What is going on at MRN.com right now?
6: Well, we're right in the middle of it. You know, we've had three straight weekends to kick off 2018 with Triple Header Weekend, so lots of stories, and I see here. The story is what happened Sunday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Kevin Harvick running away from the field, dominating the first two races uh, after Daytona and winning in grand fashion. I think it's created a couple of different storylines. One, just the fact that we talked so much in the offseason about how Ford was going to be, and would they be trailing Chevrolet and Toyota? Well, so far that's not been the case. But even with Kevin Harvick, I don't think anybody, including Kevin Harvick and his crew chief Rodney Childers, Mike, expected them to be as good as they are. So we've been writing and talking a lot about that these days at MRN.com.
5: And the interesting thing with that is, Pete, uh, a lot of time was spent in the offseason talking with fans about how they expected Toyota just to continue on basically um, continuing where Martin Truex Jr. left off at Homestead Miami Speedway for Ford Championship weekend. And a lot of folks had Ford the last of the three manufacturers in the clubhouse, but at least three races in, they seem to be wrong about that.
6: Well, yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that we're finding in some of the comments and quotes we got from drivers over the weekend in Vegas is this new optical scanning station, the new process that NASCAR uses to put the cars through inspection. A lot of folks feel that that has leveled the playing field a little bit. Uh, there is also this new common splitter that all the cars have, and the Ford seems to have been able to find a little more downforce with that common splitter than the one that everybody was using last year across the board. A story I wrote coming out of Vegas on Monday, attributing some of the quotes uh, that I'm referring to here from Kevin Harvick himself, uh, that, that has been a big part of them being able to find a lot of that space, a lot of that ground that they felt they were losing last year to Toyota And to uh, the the Chevrolet group, of course, now Chevrolet moving to the Camaros this year, they're now in that boat where they're trying to find what they had given up a little bit. So I think that's been a very fascinating development to watch here in the early going.
5: Which leads me to the next story that a lot of folks are discussing, and that is where is Hendrick Motorsports? Over the weekend in Las Vegas, Jimmy Johnson was 12th at one point in the race, two laps down. You have Alex Bowman finishing in 16th. William Byron in 27th, and Chase Elliott crashing out and finishing in 34th. Where in the world is Hendrick Motorsports as we enter Race 4 coming up this weekend at ISM Raceway? Mike,
6: in my opinion, you can attribute this to a couple of things. I think, one, it goes back to what we were just talking about, the transition from the Chevrolet SS to the Camaro has taken some time. Hendrick, like everybody else in the Chevy camp, I think is trying to figure it out. But you also have such a big turnover there driver-wise. You don't have Dale Earnhardt Jr., you don't have Casey Kane. Now you've got two young guys in, Alex Bowman and William Byron, being thrust into, thrown into, in a lot of people's minds, the deep end of the pool on the cup side. And I think there's a learning curve there. So I think that's got to be part of how you look at Hendrick Motorsports and you come up with an estimation of why they're struggling a little bit. I mean, for Jimmy Johnson to have a 12th place finish, though, for what he went through on Sunday, all things given, circumstance-wise, I think they're, they're probably pretty happy with that. But that's not the Jimmy Johnson anybody's used to seeing for sure.
5: No, we're used to seeing him up front leading laps in contention for wins. you got some bow tie fans that want to hit the panic button. I think we're a little too quick for that. What do you think?
6: I think you're way too quick for that. I like to use a couple of benchmarks. I think by the time we get to the Easter break, where there's no racing that weekend, you'll have seen the cup cars go to every discipline of racetrack we have on the schedule with the exception of a road course. After the Easter break, you got a couple of mile and a half, so you have a couple of short tracks. If you get to the springtime, Mike, and you're seeing the Camaros and the Hendrick Motorsports as part of that camp still struggling, then I think it might be time to push the panic button. But right now I would just preach some some patience and just let them figure it out. And uh, I think before too long you will see them figure it out, in my opinion.
5: And, of course, we need to tap into Toyota not necessarily setting the world on fire but not necessarily bad either. It seems like Toyota and its teams are in the middle country right now.
6: Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I think they are right, they're right in the middle. And Again, when you hold up the performance of Martin Troy Jr. from last year, when he won eight races on his way to the championship to this year, it probably pales by comparison. But the fact of the matter is he's had a couple of top five finishes, the most recent one coming this past week at Vegas. Kyle Busch finished second this past week at Vegas. Uh, I think you're, you'll see the Toyotas. And, again, there have been some changes to, to the nose of that car as well that they're sort of dealing with. So, I wouldn't write off Toyota by any means. It took them a little time last year. I think they're right back in the same boat this year. And I think certainly when we go to maybe Fontana, uh, I think that might be a place where you see the Toyota flex those muscles a little
5: bit. Chatting with MRN.com senior writer Pete Pistoni. So we've hit Ford, we've hit Chevy, we've hit Toyota. How did all of this boil down into the essence of your power rankings every week?
6: Yeah, every Tuesday we have our power rankings. We look at the top ten drivers, and I don't think there's any question, Mike, high atop those power rankings, and I mean high atop those power rankings. It's got to be Kevin Harvick <laughs> after his two straight weeks of domination. And I guess if you break it down in the manufacturer discussion we're having right now, you got to have Joey Logano, you got to have Brad Kozlowski up there. Those are some more Fords. I think you got to keep Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson in the mix here. They broke into the top ten this week. They weren't in it last last week. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, a couple of guys that got off the good starts that made the rankings that are going the wrong way, and they actually fell out of the rankings this week. The Daytona 500 winner, Austin Dillon, he's had some struggles the last couple of weeks. And Kurt Busch, who he and Chase Elliott got in that accident this past week in Las Vegas. So check that out at MRN.com. we give you all of our reasoning of who's in the top ten, why they're there, and we'll see what happens when we come out of Phoenix next week
5: what else can we expect on mrn.com as we go into the ticket guardian 500 race weekend at ism
6: we're going to look at some of the history at ism raceway in phoenix because i think as most people know this will be the last time nascar races on this configuration when we go back in the fall that track's going to be flip-flop and the start finish line will be over on the where the backstretch is now by the dogleg a lot of history at ism raceway so we've got a historical look at that race track. we'll preview the weekend of racing with the Xfinity Series on Saturday Cup Series on Sunday and also this year Mike a really cool feature we've got a podcast series reliving the 1993 Cup Series season a lot of MRN archive recordings and such bringing you through that uh, great season that it was that's another thing you can check out we'll have our latest episode of that podcast coming up this week at MRN.com as well
5: As always, we appreciate it, Petey. We'll look forward to seeing what you got for us at MRN.com. Enjoy the weekend at ISM Raceway, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Good to be with you. Thank you, Petey. Uh, As he mentioned, the 1993 season podcast, uh, it's called the 1993 season 25 years later. We've got a preview of this week's edition coming up. Also, we'll check in with Kim Kuhn. She'll join us for a social media minute as well.
11: This tax season, AutoZone has everything your car needs. And now those parts and supplies come with more savings when you sign up for the AutoZone Rewards Program. You'll earn a $20 reward every time you spend $20 or more five times in one year. One more way to get more done. Protect your engine from wear while protecting your wallet with great deals on oil change supplies from AutoZone. Visit any of our 5,000 locations nationwide and let's get you what you need. Learn more about AutoZone Rewards at AutoZone.com rewards. Restrictions and details in store. Get in
0: the zone.
2: AutoZone.
5: We look back at this week in NASCAR history next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for hanging out with us on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. Kim Kuhn joins us now for this week's Social Media Minute.
1: Kim? As you well know, for the second week in a row, Kevin Harvick dominated the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. A week after winning in Atlanta, Happy won the race at Vegas, including taking Stage 1 and Stage 2. Rodney Childers, crew chief for the Stuart Haas Racing Number 4 team, posted some really cute photos on his Twitter of his twin boys celebrating their dad's win. Now, they weren't actually in Vegas. They were in North Carolina, so it was all the way from North Carolina, and it's so cute. They're each waving checkered flags, and I'm sure Rodney can agree, family makes winning even sweeter. But another of my favorite tweets this week after Vegas weekend was from Jimmy Johnson. Now, Mike, I think we can agree Jimmy didn't fare too well in Sin City. In fact, he's been struggling since Daytona. But he acknowledged that the older guys in the garage are kicking the young star's butts, with this tweet, quote, how about those young guys? Oh, wait, a 42 year old won and won for the second time this year. Man, I'm happy to also be 42, end quote. So Jimmy stirring the pot after all that preseason talk we heard about young versus old. And I love it. I think rivalries in the sport are so fun. But what do the fans think? Don't forget you can tweet us using hashtag AskMRN and follow us at MRN Radio.
5: Ah, look at him go. Jimmy Johnson trying to stir that pot just a little bit, but be careful. Those young guys are waiting in the wings. Thank you so much, Kim. Appreciate you checking in. Hey, if you enjoy the history of NASCAR, MRN.com has a brand new podcast series that you will enjoy. It's called the 1993 season, 25 years later. You're going to hear some great stories from your favorite drivers from that era, Mark Martin, our Rusty Wallace, Jeff Gordon, Bobby Labani Kyle Petty—they're all on this show. And this week's show, we'll talk about Rusty's dominance in the early portion of the season and one of the darkest days in NASCAR history.
3: turn one. Jeff Gordon gets nailed the rear by Michael Waltrip. I was pretty nasty in my interview. You <laughs> know, what I remember is—is is, you know, I was bad mouthing Michael because I was so angry and then I saw him this is the you know, typical deal I think I saw him at a, at a party or, or, or somewhere like four days later three days later
0: Dale Earnhardt backing off the speed while the flying aces climb atop the pit wall they begin to celebrate
3: you know
4: Dale and I were not I would say gelling our personalities were very similar so we, we were butting heads a little bit Richard called us in his office the week before like Tuesday of the week
3: before that uh, had just just the three of us and said we were gonna have to start what he called bonding side of the crash was about a mile off the end of the runway a couple of miles maybe so we couldn't get to the crash site and everything but um, I I'll never forget I had one of the sheriffs there uh, do something we probably shouldn't have done but he actually brought me a photograph of the airplane crashed
6: oh man it was uh, a yeah, it's a tough deal you don't know uh, It it still is, obviously,
0: so. uh, Moments ago, Rusty Wallace completing a Polish victory lap as he went around this racetrack backwards.
3: From that day forward, every single win I ever accumulated in my NASCAR career, I did the Polish victory lap.
5: That's all from this week's podcast series, the 1993 season, 25 years later. You can download it for free at MRN.com and also on iTunes. Coming up next, we'll look back on this week in NASCAR history and We'll get a preview of ISM Raceway this weekend.
0: I'm not blooming good, I'm blooming great. Put a shrimp on the barbie and sizzle my steak. Woo, I want that honey to bloom. Let it get in
3: my senses like a sonic boom. No rules, just right. So cold, so nice. And I'm so, so, so. so.
7: It's all
0: about
5: Live sports are the one true reality entertainment where a single dramatic moment can become timeless. In NASCAR, Motor Racing Network's live broadcast elevates your senses to the sights, sounds, and struggles taking place on the racetrack.
3: Danica Patrick to the front of the field at Talladega. They are side-by-side behind her.
5: Jimmy Johnson. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Winding down this week's edition of NASCAR Live. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's race at ISM Raceway. But first, it's that time once again to turn back the clock on this week in NASCAR history. This week, we begin in 1972. On the radio, Robert John is singing The Lion Sleeps tonight. The Goodyear Blimp made its maiden voyage. And NASCAR was racing at Ontario Motor Speedway in Southern California it was the Miller Highlife 500. AJ Foyt went to victory lane that day. It would be his final victory in NASCAR.
8: Trying to make it two in a row. Here's the Miller Highlife 500 with about a third of a mile to go. It's AJ Foyt. Staying
3: on it, in the groove, coming up behind traffic, heading down the main straightaway as these fans give him a real welcome. For the finish, A.J. Foyt for the second straight year will win the Miller 500 by five, possibly six seconds.
5: Jumping ahead to 1988, Aerosmith is on the radio with Angel. A new police show called In the Heat of the Night starring Carol O'Connor debuted on NBC and NASCAR was racing at Rockingham for the Goodwrench 500. Neil Bonnet won that day it would be his final victory in NASCAR's top division.
0: Bonnet pulling
3: away on the final lap. He will have clear track just about the rest of the way. Bonnet into
0: turn three with a five car length advantage. Neil Bonnet stays glued low to the low side of the racetrack. Coming off turn four, 1988 has been the Huey Town hustle so far. Neil Bonnet wins
5: the Goodwrench 500. Lake Speed is second. And we end this week in 1994. Singer Grace Slick of Jefferson Airplane was arrested for pointing a gun at a police officer. At the box office, four weddings and a funeral debuted in theaters and NASCAR was at Richmond International Raceway. Ernie Irvin drove the iconic number 28 Haviland Ford to victory in the Pontiac Excitement 400. Must
3: be at least 10 car lengths back from Ernie Irvin. Rusty Wallace now. Wallace may have to worry about Jeff Gordon. He's closing in, but
0: here on the last lap, Ernie Irvin bypasses slower traffic in three. He works around the Bobby Hillen automobile. Ernie Irvin comes out of turn number four. He'll win for the first time here at Richmond International
5: Raceway. And those are just some of the events of this week in NASCAR history. Before we wrap up this week's show, let's check in with Susie Armstrong with a NASCAR Live Race Preview.
10: Thank you, Mike. The NASCAR Goes West Saga turns another page this week as the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series teams venture to the Valley of the Sun for the Ticket Guardian 500 at ISM Raceway. Runner-up at the Spring Clash last season, Kyle Larson is driving for his third top five in the desert.
9: We've had some good runs there the last few times we've been and, and not gotten wins, but had shots at wins. Um, but... You know, it's really easy to kind of overdrive your car, overheat your brakes, get loose on entry. So you got to take care of your stuff there. Similar to Richmond, you know, you got to just take care of your stuff all race long to, to be be there at the end and have a shot.
10: Two-time and defending spring race winner Ryan Newman respects the dynamics of the uniquely shaped one-mile oval.
6: Both ends of the racetrack are so different. And every racetrack has its own differences, but I think Phoenix is the outlier. It's the, the biggest spread of difference between one end of the racetrack to the other. So having a good balance in your race car and um, at the same time having some good um, track position uh, because it's so flat and and somewhat like a short track, but track position is so huge there that I think there's a balance there of having a good car that you can keep up front all day long.
10: Coming off a top five in Las Vegas, Ryan Blaney hopes to keep the mojo alive in Phoenix where he sat on the pole last fall.
6: It's a super fast, Uh, short track, I'm going to call it a short track, and, um, you know, it always seems to have problems. There's some some people who have failures in, like, the worst spots off of four, and um, that's a place where we've run okay, but it's another one where we need to get better at, and, you know, it's a playoff race, so hopefully we can, uh, you know, learn some stuff from there and gather information, but, uh, yeah, it's a good balancing game between, you know, how much you want to go for, for raw speed, but then you have to make it last throughout
10: a run. The Ticket Guardian 500 takes the green this Sunday afternoon at ISM Raceway just after 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Live coverage on the Motor Racing Network begins at 2.30. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Suzy Armstrong.
5: Thank you, Suzy. Race weekend number four coming up this weekend. In the Valley of the Sun. That's going to put a wrap on this week's show. We thank Elliot Sadler for joining us. Also NHRA's Antron Brown, MRN.com senior writer Pete Bastoni. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us this week on NASCAR Live. And we'll talk to you next week right here. So long, everybody.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with
5: studios in Concord,
2: North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Rich Colbert. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor
0: Racing Network. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes.
1: Oh, my old bell bottoms.
0: Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down.